comes ahead on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My weekend and with me as always is uh, the all-star himself of podcasting, Logan Stump. Wow, I feel really good about myself. <laughs> I'm like the Christian Roldan of MLS podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm great, Jordan. I'm doing really well. How are you doing? Yeah. I'm doing okay. My dog just okay. He's gonna stretch down there. Okay, uh, <laughs> but no, we're doing we're doing good. Um, we just got off a great episode of Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Uh, so if you want to follow that, you can over on Stoppage Time Soccer Show at Stoppage Show on Twitter, where we talk Premier League. But today we are talking MLS here on Stateside Soccer Show, and uh, I got some fun stats for us to discuss and we're going to be talking and previewing the all-star game uh, which will be wednesday night on fs1 at bank of california stadium uh then we will be looking ahead to the weekend matches um but first we're going to go over what happened uh since the last time we recorded which was uh you know last last tuesday or monday but i'm trying to figure out there, there was midweek games, right? That, yeah, that there was. That is what yeah. we have. I was going to say, I remember us being like, okay, here's a whole bunch of games. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we had Colorado take three points uh, away from LA Galaxy in LA to kick off the midweek matches last Tuesday. Uh, we then had uh, San Jose versus Minnesota. Uh, which drew 1-1. And uh, we had Jamie Watson on last time. Uh, so, we, yeah, we recorded Tuesday night because uh, we were previewing the Orlando-Nashville game, and that was a whole bunch of fun. If you didn't get to watch our interview with Jamie Watson, who does color commentating for Nashville, he used to be a player on the Orlando team when he was a USL side, uh, go ahead and give that a listen. That was our last episode. That was really good. What was your thoughts on that interview no it was a lot of fun i learned a lot uh i, I really like to talk about alistair johnson um alistair johnson is an up-and-coming player i think you're gonna see a lot uh, about him over the next coming years especially when you're talking about european teams like jamie talked about that you're looking at some of the bigger leagues that are looking at him including premier and la liga um syria so you know it's it's interesting just to hear his perspective. Uh, we love having people on the show from these different teams just because we get, you know, very little uh, and we cover, uh, you know, just the big highlights of the of the weekend or the, the midweek games just because, you know, we only have such uh, so many t- or so little time to talk about this like an hour. So we try to cover as many people as possible. But when we can have people on for like a Nashville SC um I feel like that's a lot of fun and just kind of hearing his perspective as a former player uh, in the professional leagues that, you know, that exist in the United States. Um, it's cool. Uh, it's an interesting perspective. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. And then getting to listen to him on the commentating uh, on the commentating team uh, with Orlando and Nashville, I had to go to like some kind of obscure site to get it because I'm blacked out. <laughs> so like I had, I had a little bit of his talk going, but what did you think of the, ep- or, or the episode and, and I guess Jamie's interview. 
I thought it was great. Um, my screen it seems to be lagging some. Do I look normal on yours? Yeah, you're normal. Okay. On mine, it looked a little slow. Um, no, I thought it was very uh, interesting. Um, I loved how passionate he was about Orlando uh, from his time here. Uh, and then I also liked how passionate he was for Nashville and, and that market there. Um, I liked getting his insight on, on Austin as a market before – you know, before MLS uh, was planting their roots there. So uh, it was a great interview. I definitely recommend people going to check that out. Uh, we talked a little bit about the scores uh, already for these games um, from this past uh, midweek here. The LA Galaxy and Colorado. I wanted to just quickly pull up the yes. Uh, so the scores here: 13 minutes in, Jonathan Lewis gets a penalty kick uh, converted. Uh, then we had 34th minute, Revolution scores, and then we have Shinashiki in the 73rd minute to give Colorado the win. Uh, pretty big result for Colorado, who's been doing so well this season. Uh, then we had uh, San Jose one, Minnesota one. 12 minutes in, uh, Debasi, uh, own goal. And then in the 21st minute, we get a red card for Cardoso and then trap scores in the 22nd to equalize it. And, th and that was the scoring there in, in that match. Uh, what I want to talk about is Colorado has now leapt over LA galaxy into third place. Uh, not, just as a result of that game, I don't think. There was some you know, weekend action that we have to talk to as well. So we'll look at the standings at the uh, end of the, the, the midweek and weekend games we have to go through here. Uh, New England Revolution continued to just keep on trucking. They beat D.C. United 3-2. Uh, D.C. scored first in the 10th minute. And uh, I remember getting that text from you, the, the Logan curse here of yeah. uh, D.C. You're like, oh, New England's losing at D.C. And <laughs> then the floodgates open <laughs> uh, and it becomes 3-2. Yeah. But there was a red card for New England as well, um, which when it was 3-1 and then Abila, who just transferred from uh, Minnesota to D.C. United, he gets on the board. After not really scoring at all from, did he score at all from Minnesota? I don't know. Yeah, I want to say that he grabbed at least one. See, so he came in in the 67th minute and he scored a goal. Uh, and his goal scoring record of this season, as I am looking, is three goals. Okay. He's got one with his left foot, one with his right foot, and one header. So he's got a perfect hat trick if it was all in the same game, but it wasn't. <laughs> Yeah, so he, he scored three, so that's his first one for D.C. He scored two other ones for Minnesota, so he gets off to a hotter start there. I was talking with Jack when we did our Marvel What If podcast. Mm -hmm. Shout out to that. Uh, but uh, I, I was asking him his thoughts on it. It sounds like Minnesota moved him because there was a, a clause where they'd have to buy him, and yeah. it was a pretty high fee, and that is why... They wanted to move him after he was kind of flopping there, it sounds like. So uh, they just moved on. Moved on from him uh, there. But, yeah, uh, pretty good there. Uh, what else happened this week? Uh, all of these tabs, I thought I opened them in the right order. And I did. Okay, we're good. Um, Atlanta beat Toronto through a Barco goal in the 20th minute. Toronto still struggling. Uh, they had a little bit of a bump after they fired Armas, but since then, still, still nothing really. Um, a nil-nil result for Cincinnati, Montreal, with a red card to Camacho uh, of Montreal, and that's all she wrote. Not a lot going on in West End Stadium there. Miami beat Chicago, which is expected unexpected I, I feel like for these two teams it's a, it's a toss-up <laughs> toss what up. it really is yeah. <laughs> but we get uh, a one nil lead for miami through uh Valislav, and then it comes a one one through calvo then you get 
Stojanovic giving Chicago a 2-1 lead. Then Robinson scores for Miami in the 62nd. And Rafael Pizarro scoring in the 90-plus-3. The DP coming up big in at least this game to make it 3-2. The Philadelphia Union uh, proved me wrong. Last time I said I was really worried about this NYCFC game since we don't play them well. But Philadelphia win through a Bedoya goal in the 67th minute, 1-0 over NYCFC. So pretty, pretty good result there. Um, let's see. We had New York Red Bulls beat Columbus through a Tolkien goal in the 33rd minute. Columbus, as we'll talk about here in a little bit, really, really struggling. Seattle beat Dallas 1-0 on a Raul Rui Diaz goal in the 63rd minute and stops the Dallas uh, hype train there. Dallas was starting to do a little better. Then Portland drew with Sporting Kansas City 1-1. Mora puts Portland ahead in the 17th minute. Then Salloway continues his hot season. 90 plus two minutes. Uh, he equalizes. Home game for SKC, by the way, too. Nashville versus Orlando. This one was fun. Uh, mm. CJ Sapong in the 23rd minute. And then uh, you have uh, Urso Jr., right? Is that who it was? Yeah. Yep. Because uh, they never put Urso here. They put his full name uh, in the 58th <laughs> minute. So I'm like, who's, you know, Cunha? Yeah. Capasali? Yeah. The junior clued me in there. Okay. The junior. 1-1. One, one. Uh, there we go. Uh, Stats-wise, as we just this is the game we previewed, so I'm going to go a little bit more in-depth with this one, I think. Uh, possession went Orlando's way, 55-44, to 44, uh, plus point percentage points, so it, it worked out. It's more like 56-44. to 44. Both ended with 14 shots, four shots on goal for Nashville, to Orlando's three shots on goal. And, hey, you know, Nashville didn't lose at home. So they, they continue that streak. What was your yeah. thoughts watching the match here? Yeah, I thought, I mean, it's tough to play at Nashville. They haven't lost in Nashville um, this year. And so I was a, I was actually happy with the one point um, coming out of Nissan Stadium just because Nashville's coming up hot um, in the East. And I think it's a team we battle for for a playoff positioning behind the revs. So, you know, I, I gladly take a point here. Um, I didn't think, I actually thought that Nashville didn't play as well as they had been at home, um, which I think Orlando got pretty lucky. Orlando's just not looked the same. Um, and a lot of it's just, I think, honestly, it's not having that number nine. Um, if Nani's not going to play or start, then who's going to create? And I'm not sure that Orlando has that answer. Um, I, I'm not sure that his Vanderbotter, he's got moments but I, he's still learning the league. Um, he's got really spectacular skill, but he's no Nani um, and he's no DK and he's no Pato um, guys that have experience scoring. So um, yeah, it's, it was a great point. I thought Nashville, um, I think if you're Nashville, you probably thought you could have come away with three there, um, which would have been huge in the Eastern conference, just about how, how jam packed that top four is um, with them currently just two points off of Orlando. So um, yeah, I'll take the point there and, and move on and uh, play better against a, a team that I thought um, we should have beat, um, but barely did. Austin lose to Vancouver one uh, two to one. Uh, Alexander Ring scored in the thirty seventh minute, but then Nerwinski in the fifty second and White in the seventy fourth for Vancouver get the uh, victory here. So. Not not great for Austin fans there. They will have joy on the weekend, though. Uh, and then Salt Lake beat Houston 2-1. Miram in the sixth minute and Fafa Pico in the 51st to equalize. And then Julio in the 88th gives RSL uh, a late win at Rio Tinto Stadium. Then we had LA Galaxy kicking off the weekend on Friday against San Jose, and they lose another match. San Jose wins. Uh, Jeremy Abobasi gets his first goal as a quake. Good header in the 52nd minute. Then Vasquez equalizes for LA Galaxy. And then an own goal for uh, Hamelainen, if I said that right. Uh, lots of accents over it, so I'm not really sure. 
uh, in the 71st minute own goal. Let me see if I can get an actual pronunciation for everybody there. Uh, Hamalainen. There we go. Hamalainen. Hamalainen. He's a defender. Own goal, though. So, unfortunate for him. <laughs> then we had Minnesota nil-nil with SKC, a red card for Sporting Kansas City in the 21st minute. Uh, a lot of people complaining about this. I thought it was a red. I, I think he gets him pretty pretty well in an area you don't want to be hidden. Uh, so kind of a high boot for me, high enough for it to be a red in my book. Um, you know, some people saying it was a yellow or should have been you know, what would be called an orange card if it was ever possible. <laughs> but uh, I thought it was a red. Did you uh, did you see this by chance? No, I didn't see it. Didn't yeah, see it. it was... Uh, look it up. I, I saw a lot, you know, like Peter Ramis was really um, complaining about, about the call there. Then we had the Columbus crew take the lead late. After they sub in Bradley Wright Phillips in the 65th minute, he puts one in the back of the net in the 77th. And Columbus is like, we're finally going to get over this losing streak. And we're at lower.com field. This is a great feeling. Then Seattle said, nope. 88th minute, Ariaga scores. 89th minute, Will Bruin scores. And that is Seattle coming from the edge of a loss there to get a victory fun note here seven goals after the 85th minute this season for seattle which is the most in mls well it's fun for seattle fans not so much fun for columbus fans yeah, no <laughs> no it's not been a fun here for for columbus fans uh dc united lose to atlanta two to one uh, uh joseph martinez scores in the 25th minute moreno scores in the 84th and Reyna pulled one back in the 54th for D.C., uh, and that was Atlanta continuing to do well now. Uh, Miami gets another 3-1 victory. Is that what they just had, or was it 3-2? But they beat uh, Toronto, uh, which was a... Let's see. They had beat uh, who? Would, uh, we just went over who they yeah, beat. It was three last. two it Chicago. Three then, two Chicago. Okay, yeah. yeah. So three one this against time. Toronto uh, against Toronto. You had Pizarro score in the fifteenth and forty eighth minute. Robinson scored in the thirty fifth, and Kieran Gibbs own goal in the sixty seven sixty uh, second minute for Toronto. So Pizarro really starting to come into form here. He has not been playing as well as he has, in, you know, like had been expected, but in the last two games, he has three goals. So kind of what you want from your DP, right? From one say, of your yeah. seven DPs. It's pretty good. <laughs> I guess. Uh, but yeah, no, you, you spend that much money, bring in a designated player. You want them to be your best player. Um, and I think for so long, Miami's counted on that. And part of their issue has been finding these players that are DPs that just don't perform. Um, so I think that, getting him to perform well, um, winning three of their last four. I mean, they're all the way up until 11th with two games in hand from, you know, D.C. and Montreal, who they're trying to chase down for that playoff spot. Now they look up and they're, you know, if they win the two games in hand, they're sitting in the playoffs. So amazing. Like, MLS is so wild <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah, like, the more I think about it, because this is my first year, like, really watching it. And, and the more I watch it, I'm like, Okay, so like for instance, we were talking about how bad Inter Miami had been, right? Yeah, and not really like Cincinnati. We didn't really give Toronto much until lately, and it was like they are now worse than Inter Miami. And then you're like, oh well, Montreal and DC. You know, Montreal started really well. We were talking about them. We weren't really talking about DC, and now they're sitting next to each other. Atlanta came up out of nowhere. Now they're sitting, you know, eighth, looking to get into the playoffs. So. This, this league's nuts. Um, the only one that hasn't really moved in a long time is New England, but we'll get to that. Yeah, we're going to get to them right now. They went ahead and won over Cincinnati 4-1. to one. 
Tejan Buchanan in the seventh minute, Boateng in the 21st, Buxa in the 31st, Buxa in the 61st, and uh, Brenner in the 54th gets one for Cincinnati. So uh, what can you say about New England? I saw a stat here. I didn't calculate this myself, so you know, get angry at somebody else if it's wrong. Uh, that the Revs are on pace for 75 points this year. And you know what, Logan? That'd be the record. I was going to say it's MLS. most history, isn't it? 70 sec- uh, 72 points by LAFC in 2019 was the record. It wasn't even that long ago. 2017, TFC broke the record with 67. So the some of these teams are just getting uh, so much better, I guess. Uh, but if they were to get that many points, and I don't see why not, they're playing against some really bad East teams all season, they could go ahead and break this record and... That would just be uh, <laughs> insane. And I think that would seal it that they probably don't win MLS Cup. I feel like sometimes that happened. LAFC didn't. TFC yeah. did when they when they did their record. Uh, but, you know, this record has now been beaten so many times. But I, I don't th- – I, I know for sure TFC broke it and won it in that year. But I would be worried if I was a New England fan that – we break the record, we get the supporter shield, and then you don't win MLS Cup, which is, as we've talked about with Revolution Recap and stuff, that's the end goal, right? They, they've made MLS Cup final, I think, five times now, and mm-hmm. have not won it, that it's, you know, it's seems out of reach, right? So no. there is, uh, take a supporter shield, I'm sure, if you're a New England fan. Uh, it's going to sting if you break the record and don't win MLS Cup. And if they break the record and win MLS Cup, we're looking at the best MLS assembled team of all time. Mm-hmm. Which is we wild. Kind of saying about the crew Somebody else. going into <laughs> the season, yeah. Right. I and it's funny because like when you think about New England, I mean, we were talking about them as like dark horse, and and they're not dark horse by any stretch. They've got forty four goals. Their goal differential is eighteen, which is the same as the Sounders, but. I mean, New England just keeps scoring. I think they're like eight or nine clear um, of the next team in, in MLS. And just to be able to score that much, mind you, the last four or five games have been without Carly Seal. So their best player, who's the MVP of this league, hasn't been playing. Now, mind you, they weren't great teams that they've been playing. Um, the East, they've been playing some of the bottom-dwelling teams. Uh, this next stretch, I, I think, is the biggest test that they've had in a while. So, it's you know, it's like... I think they got New York City at Yankee Stadium, then they play Philly at Philly, and then they go on the or then they play at home in Gillette um, against New York City. So uh, again, so it's you know that's a tough stretch, um, but if any team can handle it, I'm starting to believe that this team, and I think they do make a run um, at that record number of points because I think that this team's that good. Yeah, it's uh, I was on the Free Kick podcast with Todd, who's been on the show. I was on there like a week or two ago. It was right after we played, after the Union played New England. Mm-hmm. And I saw a lot on Union Twitter. And, uh, you know, Todd mentioned on the show that that New England don't look as good as their record says they do. And I know we were on that pace at the beginning of the year. That's what we were saying. Yeah. But I think it's undeniable now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're playing without Carlos, uh, Carlos Heel. And they're playing so well. I mean, I, I, I can't say, I, I told him on the show, and uh, if people listen to it, they heard me. I said, I was on the same boat earlier this season, but it got to a point where they, they just look good. Mm-hmm. Like, I know they didn't look good against the Union that day, but they are, they're just good. I mean, I, yeah. I and, and, there's times where you may not have a good match like they didn't against the union, but they still won. Uh, and you're like, that's, that's what good teams do. And I, I can't deny it anymore. Right. And we've been talking about it. Um, so if anybody goes back to our earlier uh, season, uh, you know, earlier in the season and hear us say that uh, we've, we've come around uh a while ago, but I mean, it, it's, it, I, I had to, uh, you know, I had, cause we were looking at earlier in the season, we were like, Oh, their schedule, they, they, you know, barely beat a, a really bad Chicago team and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. 
But now they're just beating teams and, and they're starting to lay it on. They're starting to lay on the goals too. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's insane. I, I can't wrap my head around it. This is the Bruce Arena effect. As much as people want to crap on Bruce Arena all the time, he wins in MLS. Mm-hmm. So He's Bill Belichick. I mean, he, yeah. he's playing in the same stadium as Bill. Their demeanors are very similar. It's a, you know, uh, it doesn't seem to be monkey business. It seems to be we've got this game ahead. We're going to beat this opponent, and then we'll move on to the next one, and that's who we'll focus on. And, you know, saying it in the most monotone way, I think that, you know, this is such a well-coached team. Now, does that translate into the playoffs? I don't know. I Like this team, like you said, Jordan, could this equate in an MLS Cup? It doesn't often for a lot of these teams that play so well. Um, and take supporter shield easily, but uh, you know it. It does seem like if a team was going to run it, take the supporter shield and win an MLS Cup, I feel like it could be New England. But again, uh, only time will tell. Um, they play in an East that I think the top four in the East could give them a run for their money um, when they get into a playoff environment. But again, you're playing in Gillette, uh, a soccer non-specific stadium um and probably weather that's going to be much more conducive to them when you've got to bring orlando and nashville up there to play especially in in late october and november yeah yeah. so um yeah again like you said it's the bruce arena effect and as much as people want to just like bruce and it's the same way in nfl when they dislike belichick but you can't argue that they both know what they're doing all right the union through Quinn Sullivan, get a draw against Montreal at Subaru Park. Mahalovic scored in the 55th, uh, 45th plus one. And then Quinn Sullivan, uh, Quinn Sullivan equalized in the 87th minute to make it 1-1. Really good goal for Quinn Sullivan. And a lot of people in the Union fandom questioning why, you know, these young guys are not starting because Gazdag hasn't been great, though you got to give them time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how else you give them time because training and, and games are just two different things. It's, you know, it's hard to get them in there then, but uh, the union I'm a little worried about, they don't look like themselves from last year. They're really starting to struggle. Uh, they are in, I, I say that, but they're in third place. Right. But uh, you know, they've fallen as below as fifth before they have two games in hand to NYCFC and they're only one point above NYCFC. They have a game in hand with Nashville, but they're even with Nashville in points that the Union could fall out of the top four and then not have a home playoff game, and I think that's probably trouble for them if that were to happen. So uh, I don't want to – you know, I see some people saying, well, they never replaced Mark McKenzie or Brendan Aronson, but – I think our defense has been fine, really. And, yeah. and Brendan wasn't, like, lights out either. I think it's just the team as itself is just not clicking as well as it had last year. Yeah, the diamond we don't, is and, and we don't know what's going on either. Montero is now back yeah. in the fold here. And we don't know what exactly happened, if he's still happy to be here, if there's behind-the-scenes stuff. We have no idea what's going on there. We don't know if that's affecting anybody, but... They just don't look the same. I was going to say, the defense is fine. Um, but I think it, the biggest thing is scoring goals lately. And it's been hard to find them at, at they times. They need an actual number nine. They, mm-hmm. You know, we have Santos, Corey Burke, and Shabelko, But all of them together can equal like 15 goals. Yep. But I'd rather have one person that goes out there and scores 20. Yeah. And then have two of those three. Uh, as the bench option mm-hmm. or something. I mean, if you look at New England, trigger. yeah, if you look at yeah. New England, if it's a comparison, I mean, Gustavo Bo has 12, Adam Buxa has 10. So, <laughs> you know, that, that's a lot of goals between two people, and those are their forwards. So, um, yeah, I think it, like you said, New England uh, has those abilities to score a lot, whereas like in Orlando or Philadelphia, I think they both struggle in that, that sense because they just don't have – that's where I think – or I mean, I think Orlando and Philadelphia are pretty much the same in the way they defend. They both defend really well. They rely heavily on their keepers. Um, and if they're going to score a goal or two, they hope to keep clean sheets, and that's how I think they hope to beat people. Whereas New England's like, I'll just bash you any way I want to. I've got the best keeper probably in MLS right now, and 
I can score at will. So let's see what that entails. And New England's much better um, than I think the rest of the – I mean, they they certainly are the class of the East. I don't know if any of the Eastern teams can really compete with them. All right. Uh, let's talk some uh, Houston-Dallas here. Uh, Houston and Dallas drew 2-2. We had Fafa Pico take the lead for the Dynamo. Then Burgess and Pepe scored for Dallas in the 58th minute. Uh, equalizes for the Dynamo in the 72nd minute. Fun stat here. Uh, not a fun get stat if you're a Houston fan, so look away. Uh, Houston has not won in 14 games. Pressure on Tab Ramos here, do you think? Yeah. And Foxtrot's I mean, all over it if you wanna if you want to check him out. <laughs> yeah. Um Andres has got it. Um, but I, I think I mean it it's sad because like there's so many teams that we just I mean just start to fizzle out and they're hard to cover. And Houston's one of them. Um when you look at Houston, uh I think the biggest issue last year was trying to solve a defense. They thought maybe the Tim Parker could fix that. Uh, it hasn't been that way. Um, they're 32. They've allowed 32, which is bottom half. So it's it's tough because, you know, if you can't defend, then you got to score. Well, they don't score as well either. So it's – I mean, they, they really just don't have anywhere to go. I think Tab, being his second year, they look at this and go, okay. Like, this is what I think eventually happens to Josh Wolf. I think you've got a defense maybe – that you can kind of play with and then the attacks, the issue, but over a two year period, are we going to see that much progression if teams aren't willing to bring players in? And, you know, Austin's been a little bit more happy with bringing people in, but you know, it just, I think it just depends, but I think both of these two teams, they're going to struggle for a bit. And part of that's just not having the class talent that they need. Yeah. And you know, I've not been a Tab Ramos supporter at all, really, yeah. after his failure of the U23s as well. Mm-hmm. For him to be able to get a job in MLS was kind of uh, crazy, but I guess, you know, you give him a second chance, and it just it hasn't really been working out. Max Rudy is their leading goal scorer. <laughs> that yeah. should he's tell usually, you enough. He's usually a backup everywhere yeah. he goes. So. That should tell you enough. Um, Tyler Pasher has been pretty much non-existent since, since week first... one. <laughs> yeah. Like we had a great, like what three yeah. weeks of Tyler Pasher. And then after that, it's just been like non-existent. Um, but again, like, I mean, if you're relying on Max, Yerudi to be your guy, then your team's not very good. Yeah. Orlando beat Chicago at Exploria. Benji Michelle with the 51st minute goal. And, uh, that's all she wrote. Not a lot going that on there. She Chicago had more possession and more shots, 18 to 11. Mm-hmm. On shots, five shots on goal for Chicago. But Orlando pulled it out. Orlando kind of looking like, you know, they, they don't look Second sharp. Mark. They don't look sharp. But let me tell you, they're grinding out results. And I love you know, they're in second place. They're 15 points behind New England. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> it's tomfoolery it really is it's like what is happening in the east if you look if you were looking in the from the west looking at the east you were you got to be going what in the world and i'm like new england catches people right at the right time like it seems they like do. new england yeah, has they just caught the people at the best time yes they just catch people um and we haven't except think, for toronto i think that was the is that where they lost like seven yeah months? we haven't played them Orlando hasn't played them so it, it it it'll be interesting because I, I know them and I think Nashville we have a lot of games left with um, I think two and three so I think it it'll be interesting but you're right Orlando's grinding um, Mason Studehar has looked really good so that's kind of been a cool benefit just because his story and everything but um, him playing well with Pedro out that's been why we've been able to grind Brandon Austin wasn't doing it um, when we had him on loan from Spurs but they've got Ruan back they've got and AC back, they've got um, Janssen still playing with his mask on, and uh, Joao Matinho's played pretty well. Um, so now it's just about getting the other pieces in the attack kind of fit. Because um, if they can get like a DK or Pato for this last run, um, when it does sound like Pato and DK are, are getting closer, 
to coming back. They're always listed as questionable. Um, I think you're likely to see Orlando at least being one of the formidable opponents heading into the postseason. Austin destroyed Portland three to one. What was going on there? Uh, Cecilio Dominguez in the 11th minute gets a penalty kick converted. Diego Fagundes in the 14th minute. Uh, then in the 29th, Driussi uh, scored, uh, which looks to be was that like one of his first games, right? I don't think. Yeah. He played. Yeah. Looked like it was. Yeah. And then Espria in the 55th minute for Portland. Pulls one back, but it's not enough. And the Austin fans that were just woof out are like, "Are we woof in? Are we woof out? What are are we woof in? Or are we woof out? What are we?" Yeah. Uh, Darussi has four matches. Out, I, I lied to you. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, he's played some. I lied. He has a goal and assist, so he's looked decent. Um, which was good because I mean, like I said, Austin what they need to bring people in. Yeah, yeah, they need attacking players. Um. Uh, like, but the I'm telling you, the West looks the West is in much better shape than I think the East is sometimes. Just because, like, the points might not match up completely, but like, I don't know if I'm picking somebody to win in the Cup. I think you've got more it comes odds. Comes out of on, the West, yeah. It comes out the of West, the West. yeah. Because the top, their top three have been sensational. Galaxies had like this weird like up and down kind of thing, but I think they could beat a lot of teams in the West or the East. If a team is going to win MLS Cup out of the East, it's going to be the Rams. The Rams, right. <laughs> I don't know if Orlando can, unless if they get everybody healthy. They need um, scoring. They can't win it without yeah. a goal scorer, which I don't know if they have. Like, I, honestly, DK hasn't proven himself, and Pato surely hasn't. So, yeah. They don't have anybody. They've got Nani, and he can't do it. Like, he just can't. He can't do it all himself. No. He's old. <laughs> the Rapids <laughs> beat Salt Lake. 2-1 as they continue their ascension. Rubio in the 64th. K, uh, Mark Anthony K in the 71st. Rusnak in the 51st for RSL. Uh, so RSL took the lead here, and Colorado said, nope, and uh, came back and, and won the game here. So They could be in first place if they win their two games in hand. That's wild. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sam Vines is gone, right? So, like, they sell their best player. They somehow get Mark Anthony K. Like that. That's still kind of like crazy to me. Um, yeah. But I mean, you're playing, and then this is a team that we thought was going to struggle to score, and they've started to really turn it on with goal scoring. I mean, you're starting to get goals from guys that really need to score. Um, uh, you, you know, Jack Price playing well, and, and that's essential to them because he's been such a key staple into that midfield. Um, Diego Rubio, who had played pretty well to start the season coming around again and coming full circle and just starting to play absolutely brilliantly. Um, Cole Bassett, Michael Barrios. I mean, th those are guys that are playing well. Shinishiki, um, when you can get him to score. It, it, so it looks like they've got, uh, you know, a lot of guys that can attack in different ways. And that's a team that I think, especially playing where they do play in Colorado, they're a tough team to beat, uh, especially at home. So, um, yeah, kudos to them, though. Like, we – they just kind of snuck up on everybody, didn't they? Yeah, so. you know, and Sam Sam school has been talking them up pretty well this past week, so I think yeah. he has some articles out there. People are interested in reading those on The Athletic. Uh, we definitely recommend Sam's work. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, like you said, they're, they're just – they're at uh, the third-place spot. They have two games in hand, which would put them at 43 points. Seattle is 42. Their points per game is at 1.95, while SKC is at 1.86, and Seattle's at 2. So they're literally just right below Seattle for points per game. Jack Price is a treasure. He really is. Seven assists. Great great rating on Fat Mob when you look at it. Uh, Kellen Costa's played pretty well. And they're goaling. Yeah. Their, their scoring's a little different in, in the way that they just kind of spread it out. I mean, if you look at their goal scoring um, – you know, just reading off the list, Barrios has five, Shinichiki has four, Rubio has four, Bassett has three. I mean, that, that you know, they kind of spread the wealth a little bit. So I think that, that that's made them successful. Whereas like in Orlando or a Philly, it's two or three guys and they're not scoring. So it's like, it's a drought. Um, whereas these, they, it seems like they can hit you at different points um, and they, de they defend pretty well. So it's, you know, it's a team definitely – on the rise, and hopefully they can grab that one spot. That'd be pretty cool. 
Vancouver beat LAFC 2-1. Uh, LAFC took the lead here. Diego Rossi uh, penalty kick in the 45th plus two. And then White in the 60th minute and Gold in the 89th with the late winner here. Vancouver beats LAFC. And, uh, you know, they're even on points. They have the same amount of games played. Uh, LAFC are only three points away from the playoff line. They just need to make a run, Logan. Will they? No. <laughs> I, I don't have confidence in them. And you know what's weird, Jordan? If we, I mean, I know if we sat down and said, you know, August 23rd, LAFC would be tied with Vancouver. You'd either, you'd be going, how in the world did Vancouver get so good? Or you'd just be like, you're lying. <laughs> because that's not true. Um, because I do For the like audio it's... listeners, I'm showing our predictions. Yeah. We both had LAFC in second yeah, place. And we both had Vancouver in 13. So, yikes is right. Really yikes. <laughs> and, a, and a lot of it is, you know what it is? It's Carlos Vela. I mean, you can't put sole blame on somebody. but And I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying they're not getting the Carlos Vela that they once did. And that's the big difference. I don't think this team's very good without him. So, it, it you know, as much as it sucks, I think out to West is very good. Diego Rossi is not playing like he did last year either. So, you have two really good star-studded players that were the best players in the league consecutively, and neither of them has performed to the level in which they're capable of, and that's been the big downfall for LAFC. Well, we had Alicia Rodriguez on mm-hmm. to preview the show uh, for LAFC mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season. Uh, she put out a tweet this weekend, mm-hmm. I think it was, um, about – how much the Walker Zimmerman trade really yeah. hurt LAFC. Yeah. They thought he was expendable. They got a million some cash for him. And he goes to Nashville, and Nashville is just he's an anchor. Lighting it up. And <laughs> yeah. and you know, part of it is Nashville was supposed to be in the West and then they moved him to the East. Mm-hmm. They lucked out there. I think Nashville does have a lot better chance in the East. But the way Zimmerman's been playing and he was, you know, best defender in the league. And you're like, yeah, we can just sell him. to <laughs> Why? Right. Uh, and then you have all the injuries. You have Carlos Vela injuries. You have. Rossi injuries. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it becomes an issue there. And then they got rid of Mark Anthony K and I, maybe they're just in sell mode right now until they have to rebuild. I, I don't know. They have to get it right. This cannot be an NYCFC situation mm-hmm. where you come in, you spend money, you do yeah, well, wow. and then when it starts going wrong, you you start selling everybody off, and then you lose your fan base. Luckily, they have a stadium. They have a nice, beautiful stadium to draw people in there. But uh, you know, the state of oh, the state of MLS in New York is it's crazy. We'll, we'll we'll have to do that in the off season, I think. It'll be interesting to too because I, I think this I I'm gonna call it this is your last year with Edward Artuesta. I, yeah. I just think he's gone. I, I think he's played so well that Europe's gonna be barking down his door. Like it, it'll be a, a matter of moments after the season ends that I think somebody makes a pretty good bid for him and, and he he's in the all star game and um rightfully so he's been their best player. But after that it's been a steep drop down into like Carlos Vela, maybe Eddie Segura. Um, Safantes has been okay, but again, it's just like you said, can they, can they hit the reset button correctly? Like, I think it's going to be very much like, you're going to get a good Carlos Vela, not great, but I think you're going to get a decent Carlos Vela for the rest of his time. He's 32. So he's getting up there, but can like LAFC sell like out to us and build in like, cause they sold Mark Anthony K for money, but then they had to use it. So it's like, okay. So like, can you get money again? and then distribute it equally? Or are they just going to be like this NYCFC and just start to buy? Like, you'll buy this huge – like in, maybe like a Miami where you just buy some huge player and go, well, I hope this works. So I hope they're not like that because I think they started out so well, but you do have to wonder now. Yeah. There was going to be another game, speaking of NYCFC, uh, <laughs> but that was postponed. Red Hurricane. Bulls, NYCFC, Hudson River Derby, the Hurricane. Uh, came in and 
there you go. That's all we have to re- now. Let's just say how long it took them to call this game is ridiculous. Yeah, they waited around two and a half hours. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Somebody did she ball? Yeah, yeah. I saw somebody. <laughs> I saw somebody say that you know if it is delayed for more than ninety minutes, just postpone it because that's already longer than the people would have been waiting there uh, to see the game. You know, having all those people wait around for two and a half hours and then be like, mm, we're not actually going to do it is pretty bad. They were kicking um, the ball and the ball was like barely moving. Yeah. Yeah. That's when they decided <laughs> to postpone it. It's like, you no, know, you didn't think that was going to happen. Let's talk standings real quick. I know we've kind of peppered in some of that. And then we're going to talk all star game, and that's pretty much it. Uh, New England. First place, 49 points, as we said. Orlando in second with 34. Union in third with 32. Nashville in fourth with 32. NYCFC in fifth with 31. And uh, Montreal in sixth with 28. And D.C. still above that line with 27 points. Atlanta is in eighth with 27. They flip frog over Columbus now, who has lost like six straight. The crew are not in a good spot right now heavy preseason favorites for the East. Uh, Then you have Red Bulls in 10th with 22, Miami in 11th with 22. They're only five points back of the playoff line. Chicago in 12th with uh, 20, Cincinnati in 13th with 17 points, and Toronto in 14th with 15. Don't count Cincinnati out for that wooden spoon. They we were predicting, we were, yeah, we were predicting that they would not get a wooden spoon this year. It's it's close. I think TSC might lock it up, but it's close. Uh, also, need the, to watch. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, need to watch. Uh, Joseph Martinez has four goals in five matches. Just a heads up for the rest of the East. Yeah, be careful. Uh, Seattle in first in the West with 42 points. SKC in second with 39. Colorado in third with 37. LA Galaxy in fourth with 35. Minnesota in fifth with 28 points. Uh, RSL in sixth with 27. Santa back in the playoff spot in seventh with 26 points. Portland in eighth with 24 points. LAFC in ninth with 23. Vancouver in tenth with Dallas in 11th with 22. Austin in 12th with 19. And Dynamo in 13th. With 19, the Dynamo are now at the bottom of the West. Yikes. All right, let's talk uh, All-Star Game. Because this is on Wednesday night here. Different format than usual. This is MLS 11 versus Liga and Mekis 11. The roster had some changes today. Chicharito is not going to make it due to injury. Carlos Vela is out. I'm guessing injury? I am guessing I didn't see where he'd gotten hurt, but maybe he's been hurt for a bit. Uh, Carlos Vela out. Uh, it just says out from what I can read. I'll Carlos, get back to you. Carlos Heal is out due to injury, and Tejan Buchanan is not available. He was actually caught flying over to Germany, it looks like, uh, to maybe sign some paperwork and get loaned back to the Revs. Are you sure he wouldn't fly into London? No, yeah, they definitely, uh, they definitely saw him in Freiburg. I think. Okay, was, good. Yeah, he was Unless linked to Chelsea. Freiburg. Yeah, he was linked to Chelsea, and I, I never bought it. Uh, but if it was where he went, that would have been awful for him. Yeah. As a Chelsea fan, as a fan of Tejan Buchanan, uh, don't go to Chelsea because you're not going to play. Unfortunately, like, I don't think they're going to be like get the Canadian up there. You know, they're going to be like. Oh, we got Reese James and we got, you know, all these people. Okay, so Vela was removed 16 minutes into that Vancouver game because of his quad again. But they thought he was going to, like, Bob said that he could have, he was still thinking that he might try it, but doesn't sound like it is. He'll play. Well, obviously he won't because they're replacing him, but.
All right. Uh, so added to the list here is Rodolfo Pizarro. Um, George Bello got added here. Um, yeah, so they only added two people. Uh, but here's the roster, okay? Gustavo Bo, Cade Cowell, Nani, Ricardo Pepe, Diego Rossi, Raul Ruiz Diaz, Daniel Salloway, um, Atuesta, uh, Krylock, Xiao Paulo, Pizarro, Reynoso, and the captain, Christian Roldan, Zellerayan, uh, uh, Julian Araujo, George Bello, uh, Jesus David Murillo, Murillo Nuhu, Miles Robinson, Alex Roldan, James Sands, Kai Wagner, uh, Yaimar, Walker Zimmerman, and then the goalkeepers, Pedro Galese, Matt Turner, Andre Blake. Pretty good lineup. Pretty good roster. Star-studded. And here is the Liga Mekis. Alexis Canelo from Toluca. Santiago Jimenez from Cruz Azul. Rogelio Funes More from Monterrey. Jonathan Rodriguez from Cruz Azul. Alexis Vega from Guadalajara. Midfielders, Pedro Aquino from Club America. Fernando uh, Goriaran from Santos Laguna. Eric Lira from Pumas. Angel Mina from Club Leon. Uh, Orbelen Pineda from Cruz Azul. Luis, Rome Luis Romo from Cruz Azul. Javier Salas from Puebla. Rubens Sambueza from Toluca. Diego Valdez from Santos Laguna. The fullbacks, Kevin Alvarez from Pachuca. Juan Escobar from Cruz Azul. Salvador Reyes from Puebla. Jorge Sanchez from Club America. And defenders, Pablo Aguiar from Cruz Azul. Uh, Matias uh, Doria from Santos Laguna. Victor Guzman from Tijuana. Cesar Montes from Monterrey. And William Tassilo from Club Leon. And then we have the goalkeepers, Guzman. That doesn't say what club he's from. Uh, Guillermo Achoa from Club America. And Alfredo Talavera from Pumas. I mean, I don't know everybody on that list, so I can't really tell you. It's a strong squad, I'll say that yeah. much. Some of you know some of those names we know from the Mexican national yeah. team. Their front is pretty strong. They're attacking front. Yeah, Funes Mori. Yeah. You have Ochoa in back, who I assume, and even if Ochoa doesn't start, um, Talavera was who we played in the Gold Cup, right? right? So I mean, pretty strong lineup. I was gonna say, how do the U.S. guys like? I mean, guys that we haven't really seen. Are you excited about any of them? What do you mean uh, on the MLS team? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm just excited to see how they'll all play together. You know, what I like about this from the difference of the other MLS All-Star games is before we would play a team like Chelsea or Man United that play together all the time. Yeah. And it'd be all these players that never play together in MLS. And sometimes they'd get stomped on. Sometimes they'd pull off upsets. Yeah. What I like about this is that these will be – it's both the same way. You know, like, yeah, some of these Liga Mekis players play together on a national team. Same with ours, right? Mm -hmm. But they're not like a team that's a well-oiled machine that's training together every day. It is an actual all-star game, and I really like that. And I, I think this should be a lot of fun. And I'm going to say MLS wins this. What do you say? Yeah, I think this is probably one of the strongest sides that you could put out there. I mean, it's a really good team. Uh, top to bottom, you've got good goalkeepers. You've got Gaese, you've got uh, Andre Blake, you've got Matt Turner, um, you've got the Roldans, you've got Atuesta, um, a couple of Philly guys. You've got pretty much the whole Sounders team. Um, 
But yeah, no, I think it's a really strong side. I'm excited just to see how they mesh. Um, Miles Robinson, the hero. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that I agree with you. I think that the, the MLS has a strong enough side to beat this Mexican um, all-star team. Um, but it just goes to show just how much talent. Like if we can beat uh, them, I, I think it shows how much talent uh, MLS has. So I think that that's something that we'll be looking forward to. Uh, I'm excited to watch it. Me too. Should be a lot of fun. FS1 Wednesday. I think it's 9:30. Yeah, I think it's late. Yeah. Which is good. I'll be I'll be coming back probably around that time. Oh yeah, that's anyway. right. You're going to be on the road. Yeah. So, kick off at 9:38. So, I'll probably be not home fully in time for it. I'll definitely be able to catch some of it or watch a replay of it, but um I'll be following along. I'm excited for it. Uh, it. It approached us really quickly, didn't it? <laughs> yes. Um, and then we have some games uh, on the weekend, which I just exit out of. That wasn't very good foresight there. Um, Columbus crew. Yeah. Well, first Thursday, we have mm-hmm. the Canadian championship yeah. Pacific FC versus Vancouver. Then on Friday, we have Columbus versus Cincinnati in an Ohio matchup here on ESPN at 6.30. Hell is real. Yep. Then we have Montreal versus Toronto on 7.30 on ESPN+. Plus. Canada. I'm so confused. We're all playing We're playing our rivals. Look at all of us. Yeah. And then or it, I think it's still part of rivalry week. I don't yeah. know. Because that's what's this week. We're all uh, playing Orlando, Orlando versus Miami on ESPN at 8.30. So Saturday, uh, Atlanta versus Nashville at 3.30. New York Red Bulls versus Chicago at 6. LAFC versus uh, LA Galaxy on Fox. Uh, New York City FC versus New England at 7.30. DC versus Philly at 8 o'clock. Houston versus Minnesota at 9. And Kansas City versus Colorado at nine. All those are on ESPN Plus except for the Fox game. And Atlanta versus Nashville is on Univision, TUDN, and Twitter. Then on Sunday, we have Austin FC versus Dallas on FS1 at eight o'clock. Vancouver versus uh, Salt Lake uh, RSL at 10 o'clock. And 10 30, Seattle versus Portland on ESPN. And then we have the international, not really break, but we get some qualifiers and we have other games after that. So busy time coming up here. Looking forward to it. And it won't be long uh, when Jordan and I are doing our World Cup qualifying preview. We'll have to do that next week sometime. So, Yeah. If you want to follow us, follow us on Twitter at Stateside Show, Instagram at Stateside Show, Facebook.com slash Stateside Show, or email us Stateside Show gmail.com. Logan, go ahead and announce it while we're here. Uh, what are we working on that will launch later this year? Yeah, so we are going to be kicking off uh, officially the Extra Ending Baseball Show, and it is our baseball podcast. Jordan and I will be uh, switching it over to the old pastime, the American pastime, um, and, and talking some round ball, um, little round ball. Um, but yeah, we're, we're looking forward to that. That'll be coming up in October when we're covering the postseason. That'll be kind of our unofficial official start. And then our official start will be the winter meetings um, heading into the 2022 baseball season. So um, we're going to be really busy people um, coming up in the spring. Uh, in summer and summer it'll take a little bit of a break but uh, because it, i think the sports do itself so uh, but uh yeah we're, we're in for a double dose of podcast this uh coming year i guess yeah and uh the first two episodes are available now if you want to go ahead and check those out um first one is just get to know the hosts uh if if you already know us, you can learn our baseball side of things. And then the second episode is about my trip to the National Baseball Hall of Fame, which I just came back from. Uh, so uh, those are very interesting. Um, so hopefully if you are a soccer and baseball fan like we are, you will join us on this little journey here as we try to um, launch another show. Because, you know, who needs uh, spare time? Uh, Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> 
but yeah, so go and follow us uh, if you're interested there. I can put those things in the show notes as well. But uh, thanks, everybody, for listening, and have a great rest of your week. Tomorrow, throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh, come on! Come on! Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. men's national team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.